every time I get to thinking, my patience is shrinking. It's a mind slide. Every time I light a candle to face an angle, it's a mind slide. I wake up fine, then I'm taking a tumble. It's nothing personal at all, but a mind slide. Don't wait to call. Hello world, this is Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiments, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome back to the show. I'm going to say back because I'm assuming you've heard the show before. If you haven't, then how about a regular old welcome to you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for checking out the show. Thanks for subscribing. And uh, please give the show five stars, particularly on iTunes because the rankings and recommendations and everything are uh, some weird algorithm so uh, if you listen on iTunes even if you don't but you still have an uh, an Apple account then please sign on to iTunes look for Chris Abal's podcast experiment and give the show five stars because it helps get the show recommended which means more people are going to check out the show which means more listeners which means more sponsors which means inevitably uh, a lot of selling out and uh, bringing you content you didn't come to the show for in the first place. No, that's totally untrue. But just the same, uh, thank you for giving the show five stars and for checking it out, streaming it, downloading it. However you're getting it, I do appreciate it. Uh, of course, the show is always at chrisabalo.com. It's also available on Google Play Music. So if you have an Android phone, you can open the Play Music app and subscribe and stream that way. And, uh, of course, iTunes and, uh, and well, and chrisabalo.com. Sure, let's include that. Don't forget also to check out The Guide to Life, the series from the only podcast that matters, every Friday into August. That's right. Nice little summer series for you on, well, The Guide to Life. Already released three episodes, Guide to America, Guide to Sex, and Guide to Your 30s. They're great. We're getting a great response from them, and uh, people seem to be enjoying it in, in pretty sizable numbers, because for the first time, we started tracking and uh, keeping statistics. And we're all very happy with the results, which is great because the more people are checking it out, the more likely it'll be that there will be content from myself, Jack, Andrew, and Ryan in the future. So please check that out as well. Uh, that is on Google Play and uh, theonlypodcast.com and iTunes. Well, <laughs> it's not in the iTunes store, but apparently if you go to any of the episodes through your browser – and you tap the iTunes link, that's right by the uh, episode player, if you select any of the episodes, then it'll subscribe you within iTunes. But as of now, it can't be found in the store. We're still working on that to get that fixed. Um, it's, 
it's it's it shouldn't be this difficult, honestly. Uh, I've I've emailed iTunes podcast back and forth many times, and uh, it's it's gotten frustrating. So we're still trying to get that fixed. But the episodes are available, as I said, uh, at theonlypodcast.com. You can check them out there, of course, and subscribe through Google Play Music as well. And uh, thank you. Basically, thank you for checking it out. You know, it's funny. It's something I've been thinking about uh, when it comes to the idea of, of legacy, of what it is that's going to stand out from not just what we're leaving behind, but just in general, the idea of uh, what we create and what will live on longer than we will. It's pretty amazing to think about. And uh, who would have known? I wonder if Mark Twain knew he'd still be talked about this many years later or Shakespeare if he knew his plays and his writing if they were going to last for hundreds of years or any of the artists I mean Da Vinci was I think poor most of his life uh, I, I don't have any I didn't research this this isn't like a, this isn't a structured bit where I said I'm gonna find a bunch of references of people who uh, during their lifetime weren't as appreciated as they are today but you don't necessarily know you don't know what will stand the test of time you don't know what will last you don't know uh, especially when it comes to any kind of creative content, what will stick as far as the public is concerned. There are a lot of things that don't take off in their time. And then that's why the term cult classic exists. As uh, Gary Marshall said in his first book, Wake Me When It's Funny, uh, cult classic, which is Hollywood talk for didn't make any money, basically uh, eventually has an audience, finds an audience somehow through, eventually through VHS rental and uh, then through DVD and now through streaming. Hey, something that, didn't get a huge release or whatever, is uh, now finding audiences on demand, which is great. But it's one of those interesting things where I wonder how the content will be looked at, if it will be looked at in future generations. It could be really, really interesting because with there being such a, a plethora of podcasts, it's interesting to consider what will be in the discussion. I'm not saying we are. I'm not saying this show is. I'm not saying the only podcast that matters necessarily will be. Uh, I'm just saying you don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm sure the I mean, Guinness World Record holder Adam Carolla will be in the conversation. And I'm sure uh, WTF with Mark Marin will be in the conversation because he was the first to interview a sitting president in this format. So we'll see. But it's something I've considered recently and kind of plays into the chat on today's episode. Uh, speaking of which, there was a little bit of confusion as to whether or not, especially after the three, the last three episodes went up three consecutive Mondays. Did that mean that the show was back to being weekly? And I had a few people reach out to me last week saying, hey, where's this week's show? And uh, it's not. The show is not officially back to being weekly just yet. It's coming. Really, it is. It's going to be coming soon. I just don't want to say anything until it's definite, until uh, stuff is lined up. And that'll be explained later. I'm not trying to be cryptic about it, but I just don't want to announce things. I have a bit of a, a phobia about announcing things before they're definitely going to happen. So I don't want to talk about it just yet. But uh, no, the show is not weekly yet. So that's why there was no cape last Monday. So sorry for any confusion. Uh, speaking of things people have asked me, I've actually had a few people say, are you going to check out the Ultimate Edition, the R-rated cut of Batman v Superman? No. No, of course not. I mean, tomorrow it comes out uh, digitally for purchase, and I think it's in two weeks or three weeks, you could buy the Blu-ray. But no, no, the ship has sailed for me. I'm not going to spend three hours watching something that will make a previous two and a half hours of my life make sense. That seems like a waste. I'm out. I didn't enjoy the movie. They had, listen, they had a shot. 
They could have released a cohesive cut the first time around, and they didn't. Granted, I will applaud them for hearing the complaints and saying uh, the movie was a jumbled mess and uh, releasing a cut that will hopefully stand out. I mean, speaking of standing the test of time, many people will forget like the uh, original theatrical cut, although I guess that's probably going to be on, on the Blu-rays as well. But regardless, uh, people will look at the Ultimate Edition as the Ultimate Edition of the movie, or at least Definitive Edition. But no, I'm not into it. I barely enjoyed the last three-hour Batman movie we got, which was The Dark Knight Rises, in case you forgot. <laughs> but I didn't really enjoy that so much, or at least the, the more I watched it, the more I saw its plot holes. And uh, speaking of movies that weren't especially cohesive, that was... Uh, well, I, I still at least enjoyed that movie... Because it had its moments, and it told the story, but there were just a few holes in it that were like, well, how did this happen? Why is it winter all of a sudden? How did he get from the middle of nowhere back to Gotham at the end? You know, there are a lot of, a lot of questions with that movie. But a three-hour Batman-Superman movie? No. I tried. And uh, people have asked, are you going to turn around? Well, as far as when it comes to DC, I don't know. If I hear incredible things about Suicide Squad, which, again, I'm not excited for. I was never really into. But... When uh, if, if people are saying that it's great or like really good, if people say it was good, that's not reason enough for me to see it. If that's the reaction I get from from friends and people whose opinion I trust, if that's kind of the reaction, then I, I'm not into it unless I hear like, oh, it's amazing or oh, this is completely like this is easily the best DC mo or whatever, then different story. But I'm still not really into it, which plays into uh, the conversation today with Larry Rodriguez. You may remember Larry from Cape 58, which was his first appearance on the show, along with Ryan Taggart, who called into the episode. And uh, Larry's a filmmaker, he's a writer, and he's done some incredible stuff recently. Now, with this episode, there is a snafu that I've only run into once before. Somewhere between stopping the recording and saving the file, the opening chunk of the show was complete silence. It happened once before, almost six years ago, right around six years ago, actually. It was summer of 2010, one of the early episodes of The Only Podcast That Matters, which was our first run at PhraseCast, a show we ended up doing three times because of different issues. <laughs> and the third version is the one that finally went up, although we did release a partial uh, recording of uh, the second attempt in VaultCast Volume 1. But anyway, that weirdly had uh, the fr literally at the 30-minute mark of the recording, the sound came on, and the sound was really, really low. But it was complete silence on the audio track up to the 30-minute mark. Same thing happened here, except it was just before the 34-minute mark, so a really random issue. I mean, unfortunately, it's a chunk that was important, and most of the reason, aside from just chatting with Larry and catching up with him on the show... It was a big part of the reason I want to have Larry on and to talk about everything he's done. So I'm going to essentially explain that to you uh, right now. Granted, out of 34 minutes, the first maybe 10 minutes was my checking and then just chatting back and forth before actually starting the show properly. And the plugging. Of course, there was the plugging at the beginning of the show. So I'm going to explain basically what we, were, what we started talking about in the first half hour. I'm going to condense it right now for you so you're up to speed on uh, where the conversation begins because you're essentially going to hear from where the recording started on uh, so if something is referenced that uh, doesn't make any sense something that was uh, discussed earlier in the show 
assume it was discussed earlier in the show, and that's why there there may not be context. So I apologize for that. Now, there's still a solid 50-plus minutes of chatter here, and because of a, a technical glitch, I wasn't going to not release the show, and uh, Larry is actually out of L.A. right now, so it wasn't a case where I could have him come back in and we could just do it over again from scratch. He was actually in town for a couple of days, and we were able to coordinate it, which we've been trying to do for a while. And uh, finally, it was able to come together, and then this glitch happens and uh, lose a, a chunk of the show. But anyway, what Larry did was he was feeling like he was in a bit of a, a bit of a rut creatively. So he challenged himself to produce, fully produce from A to Z, as many short films as he could within 30 days. He ended up completing eight short films in that 30-day time frame. And when they were all done, he held a premiere, kind of a viewing party, at his friend's place. And I was there, and uh, we were chatting, and kind of was the, the genesis of, hey, man, we need to get together, and blah, 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 blah. And seeing the shorts, I was really inspired, because I thought, wow. I mean, in my opinion, they were all good. There weren't any that I watched and thought, oh, it's kind of a dud, or that oh, was obviously an afterthought. They were really good. I really enjoyed them, and I thought, wow, if he did something like this just for the sake of getting out of a rut, he, he challenged himself to produce this content, that's amazing. Because my thing is, and it's an analogy I made when we record the show that is obviously uh, missing, so I'm going to explain it now. And it's one Larry uh, was quite fond of, because I think everybody has a situation like this. And uh, here was my analogy. This is something everyone can relate to. It's like when you, ha you have dishes in the sink, you start putting dishes in the sink, dirty dishes, and they start stacking up, and you keep saying, well, I don't have time to do the dishes, or mm, that's going to be a lot of work. And all of a sudden, your sink is full of dishes, and you <laughs> even if you don't have clean dishes, you'll go out and buy paper plates or something just to make it work, because at that point, it's stacked up so much. It's going to require so much work that you don't even want to get started on it or chip away at it, or anything. It's become too intimidating of a task. And that's how I get when it comes to a lot of creative projects. In particular, one screenplay, which I'm working on, uh, which is a feature-length screenplay, although there are three I'm working on right now. I've perpetually been working on for a while. But I kind of get that way, and I feel like it's an overwhelming task, because, as I've said before, I'm my own worst critic. I'm very hard on myself when it comes to particularly when it comes to what I write. I've let go of being uh, of, of perfection, when it comes to doing the podcast. Frankly, it's one of the reasons podcasts appeal to me because you're cranking out weekly content and there will be standout episodes that are great, there'll be episodes that are good, and there are episodes that will be forgettable. That's just how it is because nobody hits it out of the park every single time. I think I've said before, like the, the baseball example, you only need to hit one out of three pitches to be an all-star. So there you go. It's not something where everybody is perfect all the time. Not everybody to, again, use the, the baseball uh, analogy again, uh, not everybody hits out of the park every single time. And that's okay, but it's still important to keep working on whatever it is you're working on, particularly when it comes to something creative where you're being a bit too critical. And I do that to myself. I say, I, you know, I want the first draft to be great. It needs to be great. And because of that, I'm putting a lot more work into it than I should. Instead of just having a, a first draft that comes out crummy that I can go back to and then improve... I'm trying to make these first drafts so solid and so great that I'm not working on them as much as I should. And as a result, I feel like I've been in a bit of a rut lately. And that's why Larry's example was inspiring to me, because frankly, I've been flirting with the idea of doing a short film or a few, 
before doing this this feature length screenplay, which I would like to independently produce, not necessarily uh, entirely on my own, but something that I would like to do. I would like to direct it. I've obviously written it or will be the writer of it. And I thought, well, maybe to warm up, it would be a good idea to do some shorts, some, some short films, some sketch films, something that has a faster turnaround. Because I think that's part of it, too, knowing that a, a film doesn't just come together. I mean, I'm sure in some cases it does. But that's more the exception than the rule. The rule is it takes a little bit of time to get everything together, whether it's cast, budget, actual production, shooting schedule, whatever. There's a lot that goes into it. So I think doing something smaller on a smaller scale, both in terms of uh, the size of it, when it comes to cast and locations and, and everything else, I think that would be good for the sake of getting me past this this intimidation I feel about. And, and that, and frankly, I feel like I'm a bit out of the habit. And the last sketch video we did for, or, or short, internet short, whatever you want to call it, that uh, I did was Christmas of 2012. It was Secret Santa, which I did with uh, the guys in the only podcast that matters. So it has been a while. I think that is a little intimidating to me too. So when Larry just set himself up to, I'm going to do these and I'm going to crank them out and it's, we'll, we'll see what happens. Whatever I end up with is what I end up with. And because of that, he felt creatively liberated, which was huge for me because it's something I've been thinking about anyway. So as a result, I've been doing more. I actually have a short film first draft that I've completed. Uh, I wrote a sitcom pilot, which went off somewhat recently to one of those uh, finding new, young, creative talent, whatever. You know, those things that essentially go nowhere because nobody ever <laughs> hears from them. Uh, at least, that you know, that's the example uh, that, that I have from, well, not just myself. I only did it once, but from other people who've done it where uh, you just kind of submit your, your written work into ether. But yeah, it wrote a short, uh, wrote a sitcom pilot, and those were good just for something that had a, like I said, a faster turnaround. Even just from a writing perspective, wasn't as intimidating as writing, uh, you know, 100 or 120 pages of a script. So the fact that Larry did that and the fact that the content came out so good was really, as I said, I know I'm being a little redundant, was really inspiring to me. So that's one of the reasons I want to talk to him about creativity and what it means to work as, as a creative person. To, to have to crank things out for the sake of, of making a living and what that leads to as far as making content in the mainstream and uh, people want to work outside the box and all sorts of good stuff that we talk about. Um, it's a really, really great conversation. And again, you guys are hearing a chunk of it. Apologies if we mention anything that uh, there, there isn't context for because it probably was in the portion of the show that is missing in action. So again, sorry about that. Hey, listen... Fourth of July weekend is coming up. It's a holiday weekend. People are going to party, and that's great. Good. Party it up. But be safe. If you're going to party, don't drive. You know what I mean by party. I don't need to spell it out for you. Don't drive. Instead, download the Lyft app, L-Y-F-T, and enter the promo code CAPEPOD. You'll get a free $50 ride credit. So you don't need to worry about getting two... Whatever venue you're going to, whatever party, you don't need to worry about going home from it. It's not just $50 for you, so I want to ride. It's not that expensive. It's actually way cheaper than getting a cab. Try it out and uh, be safe. Look, that's a lot of what it's about is just being safe. But uh, regardless, try Lyft if you haven't already. L-Y-F-T, download the app, enter promo code CAPEPOD, and check it out. See, the sponsors give you a lot of free stuff. We can't go wrong with that, right? We get a promo code from Lyft you get free $50 in ride credit. That's pretty awesome. 
And uh, hey, look, if you're going to be buying the Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition digitally or a uh, physical copy, why not click through our Amazon link? Go to chrisabal.com, click on support the show, click through the Amazon link, and bookmark that URL. That way, when you make any purchases through Amazon, you won't pay a penny more, but Amazon will kick us back a little commission on your purchase. Once again, you don't pay anything but Amazon will give us a taste of your purchase. So please do that. That's much appreciated as well. That's enough out of just me. Let's hear from me again, but this time with Larry Rodriguez. I heard about it. it was an independent film and i heard some buzz about it i was like right on oh it's on like it was in theaters for a week and then it was on netflix shortly after i checked it out it was a piece of garbage and like it's not like it's just big studio films oh yeah it, it's it's hard to make something that's good basically especially every time exactly yeah i like how you put it too that it's like yeah nobody goes in with bad intentions you know or something for sure. or even like the people yeah who get uh, I, I always think of like the squeakle I always, th- you know, what I mean, <laughs> I always think of like the guy who lit that, or you know, the grips who had to, right. you know, say goodbye to their wives in the morning, be like, sorry, I got to go to work. Yeah, which one know. are you working on again? I don't, don't make me say it. it yeah, just <laughs> what's it called can again? We, can we not talk about it. Please it. don't bring it up. You know, like, listen, Michael Bay thinks his movies are great. Hey, do <laughs> I mean, it. There's nothing, and you know, in a way though, and maybe, but we need people like him because then, like, if I was given that budget and mm-hmm. seen, saw that script i'd throw up and just go no i can't how uh, totally. how do you even do that you know well that's and that's the other side of it too it's like if someone handed you 250 million dollars and said you were responsible for making a profit yeah. holy shit like that's that's intimidating and i mean that, come on and that's one of those things where it's and not like, everyone's willing i'm not willing to do it as of right now oh no well, yeah <laughs> because you could like you could say okay you could give them a good product and you can mm-hmm. work like on a good thing quote unquote but then you know will people respond to that? it's all about the profit they don't care about how good the movie is totally Really, just studios ever, except for when they really take chances and stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, like with gravity and stuff. Like, I remember when I first saw that, just being, of course, blown away and everything. And the old lady in front of me handed back her 3D glasses to the tenant and goes, That was terrible. And I was just like, Really? Just, yeah. And, you know, I've even talked to people who don't like it, and that's crazy. But um, you got to respect what they did, what they went through. It's so easy for people to sit through a 90 minute thing mm-hmm. and just go, Nope, next, and then walk out. And that's just yeah. so sad to see. And that's what old movies are now. It's just automatically people go, Yep, no, what's on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, yeah. yeah well, at the same time, the availability, too. It's like any other art. You know, it's the same thing with music. It's uh, Nobody's really a fan of anything because it's just like right. they're a click away from something next. And there's just always so much. It's, it's too much content that way. it just gets drowned out. And even good shows get drowned out. You know, I oh, for binge sure. watch shows and I can't remember a lot of stuff because it's, you know, next that's thing it. And the next if, thing if anything, like, you remember the season. Yeah. You don't remember specific episodes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Kimmy Schmidt is one of the most clever things I've ever seen in my life, but I can't oh, yeah? remember each quote or, you know, like one of those things you have to like rewatch them, which is maybe that's a sign of a good product. You have to rewatch well, that's it, to it really, too. Yeah. You know, but it's just unfortunate this day and age where people go, that was funny. All right. But that was funny. And then that was funny. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so. Yeah. No, no you're right. And it, there's, um, it, it's easy to be dismissive and, and same. And I feel like that's the mentality of the people say to me like, well, then why don't they just make good movies? Like, it's not, it, it's not a matter of that. Like everybody goes in. Um, I mean, I, specifically, I <laughs> I had the conversation with somebody. I guess I think I'm pretty sure it was last May, 
um, that movie Hot Pursuit came out, which was Reese Witherspoon and Sofia Vergara. Oh, yeah. I remember saying like somebody, like it's coming out, I think it was like Mother's Day weekend or something. Yeah, May 18th, something like that? Something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure it was May. That's the exact date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should look it up and find out. I, um... No, I, and I was saying just like, oh, okay, well, it's it's early enough in summer where like it's not gonna be drowned out by you know tent poles. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure like the week before was when Pitch Perfect mowed down Mad Max and stuff like that, right. and they knew that um, uh, Hot Pursuit was a, a film done by WB, and so was Mad Max. But I thought, okay, well, I get it. They're putting you know it's two female leads, well liked Mother's Day weekend. What are we gonna go see? So I get that part of it, but just in talking to somebody about this, like, that looks terrible. Like, why would they make that movie? And why? Well, I said, look, everyone who said, you know, the director, who was a woman, just for the record, I don't know about the writer, but like the director I know was a woman. Uh, the two leads are women. Everybody, know, everybody knows who Reese Witherspoon is. Everyone knows who Sofia Vergara is. Like, their names, they signed on because they wanted to do it. They were interested enough to do it. And uh, yeah, like everybody went in, like I said, with good intentions. That- if it didn't pan out, it didn't pan out. And if it didn't, even if it was great and didn't reach an audience at the time, which is no shortage of examples of that, movies that were underappreciated and then, oh, became, you know, I mean, Goodfellas lost Best Picture. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, now, but it's, oh, God, what one? Uh, in what, 90? 90, I think it was. 91, 92. Uh, or something like that. Or like Raging Bull, same thing. I know that lost mm-hmm. like Best Picture, but like it stood the test of time. Yeah. So movies or um, people say, God, film snobs too, bitch about. <laughs> I've heard this. Maybe you've heard this a lot too, with Forrest Gump beating Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, and that's and a lot of people I love get Forrest, but man, Shawshank's a perfect film. It is, <laughs> but I mean, like Shawshank wasn't a runaway hit at the time either. Right, or like, exactly um, right, yeah. like, well, uh, I even, I guess, uh, 2005 or so, like when Charlie and the Chocolate Factory came out. You know, Tim Burton, Johnny Depp movie. Right. I just, I can't believe it. How can they do it? The blah, blah. I was like, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was a flop. Like that, you know, from being aired on TV and people buying the VHS, it was hip. But like in its day, that wasn't like a huge movie. That wasn't Mary Poppins or something. Like it wasn't, wasn't something everybody went out to go see. Yeah. It wasn't a hit. So let's not, you know, like over time, same thing. Like it'll, it'll accumulate an audience and things will be appreciated later for what they are. Um, so that's that's another component too that doesn't always pan out that people don't kind of consider like well it, we went up against such and such and was and buried that's the by thing it. Is nobody ever considers that or even like you know no. when it's like the hot pursuit thing. It's like oh no no. But once you understand the business side of it, it makes a lot more sense of just like well here's how it works. You need ten pole stars and then you need you know this and this and mm-hmm. you know that's why it's always like on all the posters the from the writers of from the da 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 and they even it's gotten to the point of like from the dudes who brought you and it's like not. <laughs> the, the title of that, what they work on, like the director, the writer, the producer. It's just the guy who did, you know, this one popular movie. Yeah, and then from the, the producer of The Hangover. Yeah, and, and the people go, The Hangover, and then they just remember that. That's and it. And they connected. And, you know, it's just how marketing is. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you understand that, it's just sad and stupid. It, <laughs> but, I mean, I get why. Because there's so many things. Like, listen, if I made a movie, and, or uh, you, let's, let's say we both make our features that we're, we're hammering out the screenplays for, right? We both make them. Uh, we're not going to get name stars. We don't have um, hit movies to our credit that we can put, like from from the writer of X Men. Yeah, film. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Like we don't have oh. that kind of thing. So it's less likely 
that someone would go see our films because what are they going to have to go off of mm-hmm. aside from this episode of the podcast? Even if it was going against like a film that was, or even a short film of like Willie Nelson looking at a pineapple for like <laughs> forty five minutes. It's like, hey, Willie Nelson's oh, in that Willie movie. Nelson's in this movie. It's good. You know, it's a pineapple. Maybe SpongeBob is in it. Maybe, we don't know. Which, with that being said, <laughs> I'd, I'd see that over my stuff too. So, <laughs> well, if I saw Willie Nelson. That's a Willie Nelson pineapple. Oh, is there weed? Yeah, of course. Um, it's a pineapple. Of course. Um, yeah, for us to just be like from the guys in Cape 97. <laughs> that's what it would be. That's it. And that's going to get zero traction. <laughs> but like, I get why they say, you know, from the, the producers of, of the, ha- I mean, yeah, the hangover, yeah, yeah. from the writer of uh, X-Men or, you know, yeah. whatever, from the studio who brought you the Dark Knight trilogy, you know, like whatever. I, I get it, you know, because at least there's a reference point where people say, you know, we're going to take something people loved mm-hmm. and we're going to try to get those people to come see this movie, which is fine because that's anything. Yeah. I mean, that's and that's the funny part, too, when I, I talk to people just like, oh, but it's all business and blah, blah, blah. Nobody, and I mean nobody, has ever made a movie in hopes it loses money. It's yeah. true. Like, you know, say what you want about, like, like, the producers, and there's a scheme to get money back. Right, exactly, yeah, in this yeah. Ficti- yeah, in a fictitious maybe, scenario, maybe, sure. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, say what you want. I mean, people who say, like, independent film, like, well, you know, back in the night, you know, Quentin Tarantino and Pulp Fiction, blah, blah. He wanted people to see the movie. He wanted people to see Reservoir Dogs. He wanted people to see Pulp Fiction. Like, don't, as much as you could say, I was the auteur film director who's doing blah, blah, blah. Like, it still had enough appeal. Mm-hmm. People, st- you know, uh, enough people like Reservoir Dogs to, you know, sign on to do Pulp Fiction. You don't get Bruce Willis and John Travolta and whatever just because exactly, it's just yeah. like, because they need, you know, they need the paycheck. Right. Um, I mean, I, at least I wouldn't have thought so in the 90s. I think they were doing fine. You know, right. if, if you'd done three Luke Who's Talking movies, you, I mean, you're you're hammering a check, you know, every Which, other yeah, year. And somebody had to light that. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's it. the other thing. Oh, uh, now the dog talk. Now, yeah. Look, what? <laughs> look who's talking. Yeah. It's like, look who's going to be out of a job in this uh, movie. Yes. This movie tanks. But, uh, but th- that's the funny thing. And people say, like, the the business element ruins. And, and I get it because I know it's looked at as a product. It just has to be a product that is um, creatively developed. It's not, um, I was going to say, like, shoes. But people still design, you know, sneakers and whatever. You know, someone still needs to design this year's Jordans. <laughs> right. But uh, I'm saying, like, I know it's people don't like that it's looked at as a commodity because it's supposed to be creative and, and blah, blah, blah. But it, it is a business. Yeah, it just comes with it, I think. If you have right. like a, that idea that's six and then more people see it. And that, you know, because I, I think some directors and writers don't even want fame or like to blow up and do the, You know, like mm-hmm. I don't know what Quentin wanted, but I'm sure if he wasn't famous, he'd be cool with it because he's still making his movies. And even like. That's exactly thankfully, it. Like, even if people spit on it and everything, he's like, okay, did you see what I did? Because I've always wanted to do that as a kid. I loved westerns. I loved right. Good, the Bad, the You know, like that was his thing. So he, you know, accomplished it. That's he's just, done it. Yeah, he's. I mean, and I don't even fault people who. Um, who's I'm trying to think of someone who's um, written off as like a, a hack or something. Uh, there, there are certain people I can't recall any examples what, right uh, now what in position? the moment. Like oh, just like in, in like actors or whatever. It's just like oh, they'll, whatever. Oh, oh, they'll Val do Kilmer. something. Okay, like <laughs> like about <Val> Kilmer <laughs> or like um like Nicolas Cage right now. Oh, he's doing mean, oh, like, somebody who'll do anything. Well, someone who's yeah, who's like doing anything. And I thought like oh, look, yeah, they yeah. they won. Oh, oh of course. I got an example. The Rock. <laughs> he's killing it. Uh, he is. He's totally killing it. Yeah. It's like, good. you know, he's he's worked his way up to it. He yeah. wasn't, like, starring in movies right out of the gate. He no. was, you know, like, what, the, the seventh person build and Be Cool ten years ago? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that was the first time I saw movies like, this dude's funny. Look at him as a ballerina. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> he was the bright spot in that movie, actually. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I remember him. But anyway. Uh, no, but, like, people who are just working, working actors. Um, and it's like, 
uh, I don't have a problem with that. All right, easy example is like uh, Morgan Freeman. Dude's always working. Uh, is every movie he's in great? No. Does it matter to him? Probably not, because he's an actor for hire. He's working. He doesn't phone it in. So you can't say, like, oh, Morgan Freeman just shows up and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, but he, he won. Like, I, I remember having a conversation. I don't remember if I brought it up on this show or not, but it was, um, there was a really snarky um, thread of comments when uh, someone I'm, I'm friends with on Facebook posted, I think it was, like, last year, something about uh, Smash Mouth was going to be playing somewhere in the valley. You know, <laughs> does anybody want to go? And... <laughs> It, it made me laugh because there was a thing about, um, you know, of the people commenting, like, snarky, you know, uh, people who, who think, like, it's funny. Like, oh, is there a new car dealership opening or whatever? <laughs> Will there be funnel cake? No. You know, like jokes. And, and and I thought I didn't jump in. I just don't like jumping into the fray because I'm like, if people are going to say negative shit, let them. Mm-hmm. But I thought, hey, whatever. Those guys won at life. Those guys haven't worked a job in, like, I mean, like, a job like the rest of us, like, 99% of the population of works. Course. In almost two decades, because you know, like they won. So say what you want, but they're still getting a paycheck to go out and play music, and they don't need to. And the same, you know, cashier at Home Depot. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, not like have to make new albums either. They're just somebody. Yeah. All right. Now, all right. Their <laughs> next song. They come somebody. out. They do <laughs> all star <laughs> walking on the sun, and uh, you know, and they're able to. You know, same thing. They get a check, and good for them. And meanwhile, you're misspelling people's names in the coffee cups. So fuck you. <laughs> I mean, at exactly. least that's my thing. I'm like, well, I'm not going to criticize because they won. I mean, yeah, I can be, I can be it's, stupid and, and be superficial about like criticisms, and I can say, you know, like I, I did a whole <laughs> episode about my disappointment with Batman v Superman and everything that was wrong with it. And must have been a long podcast. It was, <laughs> it was actually it's over an hour. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and one of my friends, my friend Ryan, uh, one of his argument was, well, I couldn't have made a better movie, and my uh, my position was, but you could still still tell a good movie from a bad movie. You can still be underwhelmed by it, or you can't say, just for the sake of staying within the genre, like, you can't compare, uh, like, say, Batman v Superman, you're just as happy with as you were with Deadpool or Civil War or whatever, because, like, you know it's a different movie. Mm -hmm. You know one's, I mean, with taste being relative, you know, you know one's better than the other from a a standpoint of being a cohesive story or uh, certainly being entertaining when it comes to (laughs) box office receipts and and everything else. You could tell. So I understand the part where it's like, well, I couldn't have done better than that, but you you can still tell. You can. And you vote with your dollars. Seriously. Yeah. And yeah. It's like the equivalent of like uh, really fat sports fans, and then they're just like, "Did you see that guy? He was so stupid, <laughs> couldn't even throw the ball." It's like, "All right, well, you're right. How do you miss that pass? Yeah, how do you miss it? It's Twenty more wings. It's just like, all right, you're, yeah. You're, yeah, it's so easy. You were sitting <laughs> Two there, mustard stains on his t-shirt, a bratwurst in his hands, exactly. just like, how do you miss that pass? How do, you, oh, how do you fumble the ball? Yeah, and no, you're right. It's the same people who review the movies and stuff, and you know, just I, I yeah, it got goes on forever. Just right. Like, oh, that could that was stupid. It's like, right. yeah, how can blah 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 and I mean, I, I've always had the response to, and same thing, like, I, you know, could I make a better DC movie? No, but I can still recognize, like, this movie isn't for me, oh, and yeah. I won't watch it again. But, I, you know, I, I paid my two bits. I went and yeah. saw the movie and gave it a shot. It didn't pan out for me. And you'll take away something from it, I'm sure, yeah. This, something, yeah. If nothing else, I'll have the conversation with my friend about, like, you want to write something because I'm tired of these <laughs> big, yeah. big expensive movies. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I used to be like that, too, though. I used to be a uh, harsh critic, but just because mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it. And then, like, right when you kind of start working on some stuff or even writing, the future's mm-hmm. been pretty eye-opening. It's just like, wow, these people stuck with an idea for this long. Yeah. And then I'll go back to Squeakle. Somebody wrote a hundred-something pages knowing that these are all going to be animated characters. Yeah. It's like this, you know, all right, here we go. And 
That's uh, you know. Did you, did you ever see? I'm, I just thought of it as you're talking about shipwrecked. No, out. I didn't. I stopped that squeakle. <laughs> well, first of all, you're missing out. Right, uh, but what I was going to bring up. <laughs> It's no road chip, but it'll do. Oh. Uh, anyway, uh, did you see a documentary called Tales from the Script? No. Oh, dude, you got to see it. It's great. Because they talked to, talk to John Carpenter and Shane Black and uh, a bunch of other career sc- And a lot of other, I want to say faceless screenwriters, but like screenwriters who aren't as well known. They're not recognizable names like, I mean, uh, granted, a lot of people don't know Shane Black. Film nerds and fans do because they know Lethal Weapon, the nice guys just came out and, you know, everything else. Um, John Carpenter, certainly everybody probably knows who he is. Uh, but it was about, like, it was a documentary from, like, 2009, maybe a little earlier, about um, people who are just professional screenwriters mm-hmm. and the work that they go through and how it's kind of framed. I mean, the, the you know, the, the disappointment, sometimes the heartbreak of, I worked on this and it got caught in limbo and, uh, you know, the movie sold, but it never got made. And It's like, well, that's okay, but you're still getting, like, you got to be in the writer's guild. You're getting a six-figure minimum, right? <laughs> like, yeah. My heart doesn't totally... Be- oh, I get yeah, that yeah. it sucks when something gets caught in production limbo, and it happens all the time, more than people know. Of course. I always refer back to The Death of Superman Lives as a documentary people should check out for, like, here's what happens when stuff doesn't pan out, and here's how much, you know, how much production... Like, from a, a standpoint, that I assume you saw that documentary. It's been making its way around. Which one? The Death of Superman Lives. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, just how much is put in, and $20 million was spent on this movie that never came to be. Yeah. Here's all this artwork these models uh, these costumes all like the, the, the closest you could possibly get to production yeah they were like two weeks out or something from like rolling cameras yeah and it's one of those things and and at the same time i feel like that helps people get an appreciation for the process mm-hmm. and also understand that's a job too exactly. for people yeah yeah like it's it's a it's a gig there was that other one too oh what was that called there's a really good documentary about uh just people who works long hours like crew on a set mm-hmm. and they tell their horror stories of like driving home swerving on the road because they've yeah. been up for 20 hours on set you know it's not allowed like illegally you can't but sometimes it's, you can go press a little bit of a setup a little bit more mm-hmm. time and then they end up sleep deprived and some people like crash and stuff and you yeah know, just, there's like, there been a lot there's they've been clamping down on that yeah they have in the industry and it's also by the way because people are just like oh but it's union blah, blah, blah. well it's also why there are unions right because what are you gonna if you if you're working on the, 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 the let's just say Transformers Five. <laughs> while we're sticking with tenfold movies, you're working on Transformers Five. You, you know, you have a good gig. You're working on a major film. Uh, what are you going to do? Just be like, dude, it's you know, it's nine p.m. I've been here. I've worked sixteen hours. Like, time's up. Right. If if you don't have a union saying like this is a time you're done, or if they work past this, it's going to cost you. You know, you're paying double time, or you have a fine because you violated the labor law or whatever. That is why there are unions in entertainment. That seems to be a question I've gotten a lot, too. Just like, well, why are there unions? Well, because it needs to be regulated. Because if, because it's a madhouse already. Yeah. You need some type of... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? There needs to be some even that, measurement you, you know, yeah. of, of, how to, of how things need to run. Because mm-hmm. it can't just be... You know, yeah, it can't be the, uh, the uh, lunatics have taken over the asylum. Yeah, because <laughs> that's how going, we go. like, let's shoot this until we have it. "Quote unquote," you know, yeah. and just being like, "Oh, how long are we going to be here?" Yeah, they, yeah, that could be forever. You could do like, you know, twenty-two takes yeah, of the same. David Fincher's of crew is just crying. <laughs> like, <laughs> We've been here for days, right. or even it's like Scorsese. I, I've heard Scorsese will do like, you know, like twenty-five takes of, oh, okay. of certain things. It's like, well, I mean, he's, he seems nice enough, but at the same time, it's got to be a point where like, come on, dude, or like, <laughs> you know, are we going to get more than just this scene today? Right. <laughs> I thought we had at least three setups we wanted perfect. to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, ah, I'm not getting what I want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he's looking at you with those eyebrows. If he leans in too close, he's going to take your eye out. All right, anyway, I'm, I'm just being mean <laughs> now. 
Um, I didn't, by the way, that wasn't a chambered Scorsese impression. That's probably the first time I've I ever imitated him. I thought that was him. him. So, I well, thought that was like a uh, sound thanks. that you played. Yeah, the people, hey, hey, hey. the people listening are going to think he wandered into my apartment. I like made that. Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> oh, that's what you did. Oh, man, he's here. Well, yeah. he's gone, everybody. Oh, Sorry, we're Sorry opening. for Hugo. We- <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> I don't know, I it's all right, man. Just make that just make that De Niro Pacino uh, Pesci uh, gangster movie happen, please. I hope I keep hearing about that. Leo, <laughs> dude, uh, there has to be a De Niro and Leo team up in a Scorsese. It Ooh. has to. It has to happen. But no, the one I've heard, I forget. It's based on a true story. Um, that I'm pretty sure someone. May, I don't know if it's if it was a book telling the true story or some um, novelization based on a true story that Scorsese has optioned. And it was going to be the first time, and God damn it, would I love to see it. It was going to be, like, for the three main, it, gangster movie, but still, for the three main guys, was said to be the first time it would be De Niro Pacino and Joe Pesci in a project. I'm like, oh my God, please let this happen. Please. Yeah. Especially this year where so many iconic, you know, uh, performers are dying. I'm like, let this yeah, happen, please. Well, I, yeah, the three of them are alive. Scorsese's alive. What? What's nope. holding this up? Nobody's safe. So you got to just make that. <laughs> Nobody's safe. Yeah. Like, that's, come on. Please let that happen. Yeah. Um, the, the outside the box thing. Yes. We were talking about that because that's something that I, I find funny being in LA, which you were talking about. Well, you, you, you tell about the guy who you ran into. I was uh, I had an Uber and I just asked the guy, oh, you know, what do you do or whatever? And he said he just moved out here from Chicago. And he's like, but I'm a writer. And that alone, you know, when people like pause for like your reaction, I'm right. a writer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you have to say? Like, oh, uh, yeah, cool, man. You know, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh. And then after I wow. said, oh, you know, I've never met a writer in L.A. Never, before. <laughs> get out. Yeah. And then he said, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of my friends say I'm a really good writer. I'm pretty funny. And he says, because I'm one of those guys who like to think outside the box. And then mm-hmm. that's when I just cracked and just like wanted to get out. I almost jumped out right there. Just like, yeah, Stop right, it, right please, in moving man. traffic. Why, what are you doing? Yeah, like, <laughs> of course. That's a funny perspective to me. And same thing. I've run across people. It's like, well, I really want to do something different. Well, I want to do something outside the box. Here's the deal. <laughs> We're here because we want to be in the box. There's nothing wrong with the box. Exactly. Like being in the, the box. box. If you want to be outside the box, you can literally shoot wherever the hell you came from. Shoot wherever you, you know, like if if you're from normal Illinois, shoot your film in normal Illinois if it's not going to be something that's, not to say everything has to have mainstream appeal, but like if you want to do something outside the box that's out of the ordinary, I mean, look, those exist. There there are some people who've, um, you know, who've who've made careers on doing uh, oddball films. You know, Wes Anderson does his thing. The Coen brothers do their thing. Uh, It exists. Um, um, Who's the guy who did... um uh, Black Swan and, and stuff. Uh, what's his name? Oh, yeah. He has uh, his own thing. Darren Aronofsky. That's it. Aronofsky. Yeah. yeah. And Requiem for Dream. Like he's always oh, had course. kind of his own thing. But those dudes have never said that. That's my thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Wes is. Ne- I've never saw an interview and Wes is like, I'm so quirky and out of the box. He's just like, <laughs> he's never said none of those totally. guys who are on that level. Yeah, mm-hmm. I never say it. That's uh, the difference. Well, yeah. even and, and same thing with like Tim Burton, who's who. Everybody's <laughs> just like, oh, he's this wacky whatever. It's like, dude, he does mainstream films. There's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's this whole thing. It's the same when people talk about, you know, pop music. It's like, well, like, then it can't be that good. Well, no, that's fine. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I love Bruce Springsteen. I mean, he, he did, I mean, people could say he was, he was a pop artist for a while because he had a string of hits and everybody knows the words to at least, every single lyric to at least five songs. That's fine. It doesn't diminish it because it's something that's mainstream. I like that. That's an interesting. So yeah. the whole when I hear people talk about outside the box, what they want to do outside the box, they go, "Well, then what are you doing in L.A.? Do you just like overpaying your for rent, or you know, like <laughs> do you like parking tickets? Do you do you really like kale? Like I, that's what I want to know. I mean, why else would you want to come to a place where it's like, well, this like mainstream stuff is made here? That's kind of the idea. This is where the business is. 
at least I don't know ninety percent of the U.S. film industry. I mean, it's it's a chunk. Yeah, there are smaller pockets throughout the U.S. But like the the whole thing of being outside the box, it just makes me laugh. And it's not say you can't if you want to do it. That's fine. I'm not shitting on anybody who wants to do stuff outside the box. How dare you be out of the box? I just yeah, I just think it's an odd perspective to like. I'm going to move to Los Angeles, showbiz mecca. Yeah, uh, I mean, at least as far as everyone's concerned, and uh, do my own thing. Okay, but that's why. Why would you do that here? Why wouldn't you do it wherever wherever you were from? Yeah, see, I don't have a problem with the people saying it. It's just when they start to get like hot headed with it, with no evidence to be hot headed. You know, or just mm-hmm. like that. Of like what I was saying is just like anybody who I've been to like some uh, screens at like festivals and the people who like talk about themselves so highly. That's like oh, I was trying to do something different with it and stuff. So, like the fact that you just said that, I hate you. Like just yeah. let, let it do. You know, just let let the work speak for itself. You know? Yeah, it's like with that guy. He could have just been like, I'm a writer. Cool. What kind of genre is he, right? That's how the conversation should have, instead of this, like, force. It's like, because I am good. You yeah. get it, you know, and stuff. And that's when it's too much. And I'm sure you've encountered that, too, out here. Just oh, like, oh, without a doubt. You know, and maybe you need that. That's what's a weird thing. You need that kind of blind confidence that you think you have this, you know, big, grand idea when really just... It's just more of the same. Well, it's one of the things I applaud, and that's because it happens to be a T-shirt I'm wearing right now. But it was... um one of the things I really applauded uh, the Deadpool movie for because it was the perfect example of what every, I mean, the belief that every studio is looking for, which is, and even audiences, because comic book movies have been hugely successful for eight years now. I mean, even more. I'm saying, like, since Marvel really kicked things into, into overdrive, um, which is, give me the same thing but different. And that's what Deadpool did. It's still a very, it's still a love story. It's still, like, you know, good hearted guy, good hearted girl who remain good-hearted even though he's crude and kills a ton of people and, you know, everything. And his wife's cracking, like, we're, we're mixing up the genre. And they did. They broke the fourth wall. It was R-rated. It was super violent. It was super crude. Uh, but at the same time, was still a story which could be distilled down to elements that are of typical typical movies. Yeah, found that balance. And that's yeah. why the studio backed him and stuff, too. That's yeah. just brilliant. Yeah. And that's why people showed up for it, too. Oh, of course. Yeah. That was the and other thing. it was thing. a perfect film. Yeah. It was. Well, that's, <laughs> and that's the idea. It's like, you can do something that's different, but, like, it's it's maybe a, a bit... Maybe a bit outside the box in the way they went about it, but like the story's still straightforward. Right. You know, hooker with a heart of gold, hero with a heart of gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bad guy, but I fall in I fall in love with this hooker who oh. is a hooker, so maybe she's bad. But at the same time, and I'm gonna go kill people to get fixed to get my girlfriend back. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> that's how many movies are like I need to get the girl back. Of course. So it's not like, but it did it in a unique way, which is which is fine. Very fine. Yeah. I also like with that movie how they. I think they include that in the beginning, right? Where it's like, oh, but my boyfriend said this was a, a superhero movie. movie. <laughs> like, how, I love like with that and then like the billboards, they just make fun of the audiences being so blind. If it's not, if, oh, yeah. if we don't hold their hand, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought this was a, this kind of movie. Yeah. Like, don't you th- watch a trailer before you see a movie? Or don't yeah. you research it a little bit? Oh, unless you want to be surprised, that's cool. But don't, don't be surprised when you are surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the self-awareness I yeah. thought was brilliant for that movie. That's why the marketing campaign I thought was so smart. Killed it, yeah. But um, yeah, like that. But see, again, that's that's why I played into the success because it did something different, but based on the the accepted form, the form people audiences want to see, the form that works in thousands of movies, yeah. which is guy gets girl, guy loses girl, guy needs to win back girl. There you go. Right. That's fine, and, and nothing wrong with that story. But you know, here's what they did to make it uh, something different. I'm glad that's the story they took away from the short. You know how. It was based on the short. So it's like oh, right. that one freeway chase. It's like, now what's it going to be all about? Love. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put some love in it. <laughs> Even though, you know, it's from the comics, but still, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's great. 
Yeah. Oh, no, it is. It's, it's totally. Uh, that's what I mean. Like, pulling that off, it's perfect. And everybody walked away happy. I mean, some people, you know. I mean, comic, comic fan, the hardcore comic fans are always incorrigible anyway, but everybody walked away happy about it. Yeah, they're happy. Even Mr. Reynolds himself. Of course, yeah, who totally backed it, threw his weight behind it. And, that's uh, the thing, yeah. That's and that helped beautiful. too. Yeah. Well, that helps when I think when people believe in it, because there's always that thing when um, movies come up to, you know, when it's going to be released. Uh, Fantastic Four is a perfect example from last summer. Like, not being screened for critics. Okay, well, what do you, you're hiding yeah, you it hide? from people. So this, yeah, not going not gonna, to. Whereas, um, what was it? Oh, man, like two weeks. I think it was maybe Jungle Book. They did critic screenings like two, three weeks in advance. Oh, of course. And Disney was oh, so yeah. confident yeah. That, that, yeah, that they were like, no, put out your reviews and you know, whatever. Like they didn't have an embargo on it because they knew that. like people were going to come out. And that's fine. I think it has a lot to do with it when you, when you show confidence. Yes. In the property, or even when the actors really step up and say, like, this is great. I mean, Harrison Ford coming out and saying the new Star Wars movie is like, this is, this is a great movie. Yeah. You guys should see it. Means something to people. Absolutely. So that helps, too, with there being so much, uh, you know, it's <laughs> even say, like, well, I think this, this I, I hate, hate, hate when every, whenever there are uh, interviews, particularly with the actors, uh, or even with the director, where it's like, this movie has all the elements. Like, there's action, there's comedy, there's a love story. It's like, I don't want a movie that has all the elements. That sounds like a mess. That sounds like a goddamn mess. I don't want They're that. They're just trying to, you know, mm-hmm. capture everybody. That's the same thing when it's just like featuring an hour of deleted scenes on the DVD. I'm like, was, was there that much fat to be trimmed off this movie? I mean, it's not, I, I know I'm, I'm sounding critical, but like these are considerations I'm making in the stuff I'm doing. Like, oh, yeah. I want to make this better because I don't think you should have an hour of deleted scenes for your 98-minute comedy. No. <laughs> what? Outtakes? That's totally totally idea. understood. Right. Oh, goddamn, do I have a collection of outtakes for different things. But <laughs> like, where it's just like, yeah, here's all stuff we wrote. Or even, you know, one of the things about Batman v Superman, again, is like, you know, the first cut was four hours. Well, dude, you... <laughs> like, See, that's it couldn't have been that it couldn't have been that good if you took four hours to tell this story and you had to squish that to two and a half. Yeah, that's why they're releasing that uncut thing now. You see, I know. Thing? I don't even know if they. I don't know if they've declared a runtime for it. Mm. I know it comes out uh, next month, but. I, I don't know what the runtime is going to be, but like same thing. Like I'm out. I, I don't see how adding more to that's going to make it more enjoyable. <laughs> that's hilarious. See, that's the case where it's uh, yeah, you know, like Ryan Reynolds and even the director of Deadpool, Tim Miller. Like when mm-hmm. you when you have that captain who believes so passionately, the outcome is amazing. And then also yeah. Batman v Superman. If you have a captain like Zack Snyder, who I don't know what he's been doing lately, but you know, it's just like it's funny how one person can completely shape and shift the whole project slash franchise. You know? Yeah, and for a studio to have faith in Deadpool is just awesome because mm-hmm. it's just like, all right, we don't really know what you've done before, but now that's going to be the biggest. Mm-hmm. Deadpool two is going to break records. That's it it totally is. And similarly, on the same thing, like I love how there are guys who, and this is another thing I think that's come with the, um, not not specifically with uh, the the. Uh, just to distinguish, let's say civilians, like making content and trying to use it to, to break through and, and work in the industry. But somebody who's been at it for a long time, like James Gunn, mm. he's been making his own movies, hasn't made like a ton of mainstream stuff. But like what Marvel did was they saw like, here's a guy who knows how to tell a story. We want storytellers to do our movies. They take James Gunn and do Guardians of the Galaxy and it blows up huge. And everybody goes, property that nobody knew what they were. Nobody heard of Guardians of the Galaxy. Comic book fans hadn't heard of Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody knew what the hell this thing was. But he did it. He he did something with, you know, did it's like, oh, another space movie, another, you know, future or something, another superhero movie. Like, how are you going to do this? He, he put 
a certain spin on it, still within the box, not outside the box. <laughs> yeah. But the box is a lot of room. Outside the box. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm he uses it. Queen in his trailers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, <laughs> Which God. Was a huge help, yeah. That was a, well, that was the first thing I laughed when, um, when the Star Trek Beyond trailer came out. Oh, yeah. Because it was a music video, basically for sabotage. With a montage of action scenes. And then the Suicide Squad trailer did the same thing, Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm like, okay, everybody's doing Guardians of the Galaxy now. <laughs> yeah, of course. Which is funny. Suicide but like, Squad, yeah. Yeah, that but that's good. Like, I like that there's a dude who, like, he's made movies and his talent was appreciated. And now, look, and, you know, they're doing Guardians 2 right now. Exactly. And that's the hope. And that's even Netflix, you know, and that's small content. Oh, yeah. You know, and YouTube and, you know, those things. We can go on for days. But, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what's cool is that major studios are recognizing it now. Hopefully. Again, mm-hmm. that's like with Deadpool. That's like with... Um, was another one that came out but it's just like when they have faith in these no names it's cool mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it helps i mean look it helps to say ryan reynolds in your movie but that uh i think was it um, two months before or something he had that movie selfless with him and ben kingsley and nobody oh. went so it, yeah it's that's what that was called i thought it's, yeah. i'm pretty sure what, well it's already making the rounds on cable i thought i thought this movie was just out like six months ago it's Probably. already on like showtime <laughs> yeah. but like that's what I mean. Is there's something just because somebody's in it doesn't mean everybody's going to go. Right. Or you know, it, it, that's all the more reason it stands out when somebody says, "Listen, this movie's great," or "This is going to be great," or "We're really excited about this project," or "We're you know we want to spread the word, we want to get people excited," and it did. And dead, not to keep going back to the to the Deadpool pool, yeah. but uh, people were saying like you know this is going to be a pretty big movie. This this movie might make like eighty million opening weekend, and then it makes like one hundred fifty seven million or oh, yeah. like something crazy opening weekend. Well, look at uh, did you see Popstar? I didn't. No, nobody did, and that's yeah. the sad thing. And that movie's perfect, also. And that's mm-hmm. on that Christopher Guest level. It's genius, and those guys are genius. The mockumentary, yeah, yeah kind of mocu- thing yeah. with it. And then that's just one of those things that it's like you you never know because like mm-hmm. with that Judd Apatow producing. Yeah, uh, and same guys, thing from know, the guy who the, brought you Knocked Up and yeah, uh, or Trainwreck. I think Trainwreck was in the ad. I same was, thing. Yeah, of course. Judd Apatow who brought you Trainwreck, or um, I think it was uh, he did. Oh, for Trainwreck, they didn't say Knocked Up. They said Bridesmaids. Yeah, because they're like, here's a female led movie like Bridesmaids. Remember that other female led movie <laughs> I did that you like? Hey, here's another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is fine. That's like perfect. same yeah, thing. Yeah, if you're yeah. like, there's there's a lot of uh, crossover with that audience. A lot of people who like Bridesmaids. It's it's almost dig Trainwreck. Yeah. It's almost like a, doing a feature film is like your equivalent of like a reel when you show it to somebody. Of just yeah, like, hey, I did it. this. Oh, I like that. You know, yeah, I, I like that. I want to know what I that guy's m- doing next. Yeah, exactly. I want more of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No pressure. So yeah, it's fun. And yeah, same thing like Popstar. Like everybody went in with great intentions. Yeah, yeah Lonely Island has an. I mean, they ha- that's the funny thing. They have a huge internet audience, and then it's a matter of is that audience going to show up? Right when it's against. Summer Temples, like Ninja yeah. Turtles, and that's yeah, that's the one that beat that really badly. Mm-hmm, way, right, and even that was underwhelming. Like this has been a, a, oh, a bad summer for sequels, just Alice in through general. Through the Looking Glass, through the Looking Glass is now a bomb. Now you see me too. <laughs> yeah, now you see me too uh, is, yeah. and then um, what else? Neighbors two oh, is doing like doing like half of the business of the first one. Really, I heard it was good, but I didn't box mm-hmm. office not so much. Yeah, exactly. And, and same thing, Ninja Turtles sequel mm-hmm. is like going to make like half of what the first one did when it's all said and done. It's like, at the same time, who knows? And yeah. I was actually, oh, yeah. even though I wasn't into, because I just looked at the Ninja Turtle trailer, you know, the, the first one from two years ago and said, this this isn't for me. These aren't Ninja Turtles I like. And even with elements like the van that they use in the cartoon, Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang are in the new one, I still looked at it and said, <laughs> totally not for me. And I was happy to hear, because they had a sequel, Plan like I mean they announced a sequel like a couple weeks later, which I thought well that's a smart idea because once again, people who, I mean <laughs> announcing uh, you know we're gonna make three of these before the first one even opens, Ooh. bad idea. Ooh. 
Uh, I think so anyway, because it's like that. That's not sure. Like it's easy to announce. It's different to actually produce. <laughs> so I think announcing after the fact gets people on board. Like, oh, they're going to make another one. I should go see this first one. Same reason I saw Man of Steel. I rented it because oh, yeah. I heard about Batman. V- I had no interest. Oh, I yeah. don't like Superman uh-huh. as a character. And I said, you know, uh, okay, they're going to have a Batman Superman movie. I'm going to rent Man of Steel because I want to be up to date because I'll want to check this out when it comes out. So I did. So that makes you know total sense. Yeah, I too was tricked into seeing that. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boring! You've never seen Superman be less fun. You've never that seen was my, a movie be less. Fun. Yeah, that was my that's my summary of Man of Steel. People have asked me about it, uh, or at, you know, before the, they saw. I made the master look action packed. No, I, just, I love <laughs> oh, the master. Oh. By the way, I love that. But I'm just saying, you know. Um, <laughs> That's a weird stretch. But, uh, yeah, right. Uh, where, oh, where was I going to go with... Um, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. See, that was the thing that... Thank you for bringing me back. <laughs> I um, I thought, oh, this is great because they're going to pump out a sequel. They're not going to wait. Like, I mean, frankly, that was one of the problems, I think, for something like Alice Through the Looking Glass. The first one was six years ago. Yeah. Like, sorry, like there's there's too much coming out that people are going to forget. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it made a billion dollars worldwide, which is c- kind of baffling, but... At the same time, like, are these people going to show up? Or are people still going to be interested later on? I mean, I'll even give it to, to Neighbors as well, because first one came out two years ago. That's good, yeah. Good and, and, they, and they did. I mean, but in the case of Ninja Turtles 2, Neighbors 2, didn't pan out. But I at least applaud them for jumping on sequels right away and not waiting several years and having this latency. Because, look, <laughs> I was flipping through um, HBOs recently, all 12 of them or however many there are. Uh-huh. And um, it seemed like every channel like a Police Academy movie on. And I thought, <laughs> how many of these friggin' movies are there? are seven, by the way, if you're curious. I said, how many of these movies are? And I looked back and I thought, wow, every year for like four straight years, you got a Police Academy movie. And good for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how you do it. Yeah. Like, at least, okay, well, there's like somebody was showing up. Right. People were going to see these movies. Great. 21 Jump Street was the same two years after that. that yeah, 22. that's true. And that one was brilliant. Yeah, like that's I, I like that when they do that, where it's just like, no, we're not going to wait because I feel like when you stretch stuff out, like you know, the, the quick examples like Alistair Looking Glass. I mean, I, now you see me. I think the first now you see me was like two years ago yeah, as well, but that. I well, I didn't about, expect that. Uh, Zoolander. There you go. See, and that's another thing. Anchorman. Or, or yeah, Anchorman. Independence Day is another thing. I'm like, this is this going to make an impact? And like, is it just people like us who saw it 20 years ago and have nostalgia for it? Right. Like, are kids going to be into it now? Because now they got. I mean, they've seen eight Harry Potter movies. They've seen 13 Marvel movies. Like, is are aliens coming to attack Earth? Is that going to interest them? Because it was a big deal in '96. Oh yeah. You know that that Super Bowl teaser of an alien sh- a spaceship blowing up the White House was like that's ah! all anybody could talk about for six months. Yeah, dude, see that thing? Oh, oh my god, I gotta go see that movie. They kept moving the release date up. It mo- opened like Jul- yeah. like July first or something. It was gonna uh, open on the fourth. That 4th. was crazy. Yeah, right. I that. And then now with this one, everyone just goes, "Oh, they're making that." All right. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. I'm just like, are, are people gonna show? I mean, and Zoolander too. Same thing. It was 15 oh, years man. ago. That was that's heartbreak. I didn't see it still. Because the first I, one's well, one of my favorites, and they're just like, oh, right. don't do that. Well, Why and, and do people that? said the same thing about Anchorman. They're like, you know, oh, who's, you know, we want a sequel, we want a sequel. But it was nine years or something oh, in man. between them. Mm-hmm. And I just think and there's the a movie point. itself was nine years long. That's how long the running time was. Because it, <laughs> you see that? Oh. Well done. Stop. Even that is another one. Like apparently the DVD, there was like a whole oh, other cut. Yeah, there is. It was like an a, extra hour to it. A, or something. Yeah, or something like a, a, a second cut of the movie. And I thought. Wow, you guys really played it fast and loose with this movie. It's just, that just strikes me as weird. I'm not, you know, whatever. I mean, if, if that's the way they want to do it. Yeah, get as much well, content as possible. To that degree, yeah, like if, if they want to. You yeah. know, if they want to make an alternate cut, I guess it's possible. But, mm. yeah, I feel like there's a certain... I, I don't know what the shelf life is. I mean, I would have thought for Neighbors and Ninja Turtles like two years. Great. 
this is still fresh in everyone's minds. Yeah. And for some reason, didn't I think pan two, years is, two to five years is like a mm-hmm. good time. After five, you get a yeah. little. Ooh. Yeah, are, is that audience still there? Do they care? Because yeah, even like that Alice thing, you know, six years, that's a longer it's a time. long time. But it's still, yeah. And, and, did, that, and did that do good? I didn't even which see one? the numbers. The new one? The new one. No, it's a bomb. Oh, good. It's a bomb. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> good, good, whatever. That How good? You listening to Disney? Thought, yeah. Larry <laughs> Rodriguez no. is happy to... Oh, oh my I'm gosh, kidding. I love Disney. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I do, too. We love Disney. <laughs> we here. love Disney. Let's just say that we feel like Alice through Looking Glass is underappreciated. Yeah, oh, extremely. But And there are also those X factors like... <laughs> taking the, uh, the the messy divorce business out of it uh, with Johnny Depp. But it's like, since that one, we've kind of seen a decline for Johnny Depp movies because Lone Ranger, people didn't dig. Dark Shadows, people didn't dig it. Mordecai, fucking nobody saw that. So there are a lot of these exact where, like, well, here's what happens in between the time. Right. Where, good... I mean, no, really, like those things where you can't tell. Yeah. I mean, maybe some people didn't go see Neighbors 2 because they just saw... Uh, Seth Rogen and Steve Wozniak, and they were like, oh, the dude can act. I want to see him do drama now. That's right. Uh, I mean, who knows? Like, there That's... are those those factors where you don't the per- you yeah, don't know. Sometimes the personal could, like, bleed into, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's some of that, I think. What was I just thinking? Of? Oh, I forgot. But, yeah, like, Ben Affleck's one of those dudes, too. Mm-hmm. Love Ben, by the way. He's good. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. It'd be nice to see him. Oh, that's do what I was going to cool say. Uh, yeah, like Mel Gibson. That's that's somebody in yeah. the public's eye. You know, you're not going to do Lethal Weapon, what, five now? Cause no. You could, but I mean, also, it's like, yeah, people feel a certain way about Mel Gibson. You got to, yeah. if you're going to have him be the star, you got to, you know. Which now, he's going <laughs> to, I'm sure you heard already, because you followed too. Yeah, they're going to do, he's going to do a resurrection movie, yep. is what he wants to do. And you know what? If you want to get back in the good graces, I mean, again, doesn't need the money. You want to get back in the good graces. Right. You play the Jesus card. You'd always because... play the Jesus card. Passion <laughs> 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Resurrection Boogaloo. <laughs> Resurrection. Oh, my God. Oh, Mel Gibson, reach out to us. Just throw us a couple of bones for that name. Passion 2, Resurrection Boogaloo. Passion 2, more passion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, more no. passion. Gosh, more there's Jesus. Be, there's going to be too many jokes in that. Before there's... the title comes out for that, there it <laughs> oh, is. Fuck that. That's the title of this episode. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm, oh, I'm so good with that. Yeah, that's that, that's an interesting card to go back to. Or like if, if ever you're in that kind of bind, be like, mm-hmm. oh, that thing I did 10 years ago. I'm going back. To, you, know, you can always kind of have that. Work for Vin Diesel. Yeah. He said, I'll never do another Fast and Furious movie after the first one. Did some stuff that didn't take off. You know, tried doing a Riddick movie. Uh, the, the second, you know, Chronicles of Riddick, right. the second one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That didn't take off. Uh, uh, Babylon AD. Yeah, he did Pacifier, which was a hit, but like nobody's clamoring for, you know, <laughs> Pacifier 2. Right. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like stuff that didn't pan um Triple uh, X. Like he did one and that was successful and then he did want to do another one. Now he's doing a third one. Um, but he went back and started doing... And you know, he, and then he went back and did, did Fast Riddick and Furious. Movie. Right, he did. And same thing, that didn't pan out. So it's like, well, I got three more Fast and Furious movies coming up, so I'm good. That's, yeah, he's so a, I, I get that. You're a genius. Right, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Like, here's a dude, that's one of the things. It sounds hard. I know it sounds like a dick thing, and I have nothing against Vin Diesel. I'm not in among his audience. His stuff just doesn't appeal to me. Um, but once again, he won. So, yep, you know, hey, I, I have respect yeah. for him for that reason. He, he won at life. But that's why I said to people who were who have a show business aspirations but are a little hesitant about such and such. I mean, the example I used to give was like, um, and I said it on this show, uh, when I had an actor friend of mine on, Rick Scarry, which was Cape, uh, that was a two-parter. Cape 80, that was from December. Cape 80-something, 70-something, I don't remember. But anyway, um, I said like, I'm sure when Steve Buscemi said he wanted to be an actor, told people he wanted to be an actor, they were probably like, ooh, 
Steve, I'm going to buy you a mirror, and we're going to have you take a look. And because you, you wouldn't think, yeah, <laughs> it's like because I'm, I'm handsome. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's awful. <laughs> do you try to do that? Someone's going to put you in a tree chipper. But bum. Anyway, uh, so, but that's what I mean. Like people think like matinee idol. Like no, he doesn't look like Cary Grant. But there are tons of actors making a living doing it who don't look like Cary Grant or Channing Tatum or whoever. Yeah. Uh, but I, now my example has been like, dude, listen, you don't need to be especially good, and you don't need to be especially handsome. Look at Vin Diesel. yeah on every level yeah yeah. like he's he's not a stunningly handsome man and he's not an especially good actor but fucking a if he's not you know killing it right now and even if you just fit that one role you know look at uh was it precious yeah for sure there you go that's your guy and she's been working you're good and she's great yeah she keeps going but i mean it's like you just got that and you can always kind of rely on that that's great that's it (laughs) yeah but yeah there are people in hollywood is just to get residuals that's all it is that's who cares about making hits as long as you can keep making money off of crap you did from the past that's right that's that mailbox now you won if you got that and the the best showbiz pension plan is now their conventions every weekend in some city oh that's That's the showbiz pension plan that's perfect i went to one of those for back to the future and uh, christopher lloyd was charging 40 bucks for an autograph oh that's a steal yeah i'm just like okay i'll do that Oh, I'll man. pay forty bucks to pay somebody else to get it for. I, I don't know. Like, I, I would do. I would go to great lengths to get that. But well, yeah, like who can? You can't blame anybody for that. That's right. awesome. Yeah, like the Chewbacca mom. You see, she's charging. But that's now. fucking stupid. <laughs> like I'm sorry. That's the spectrum. Yeah. I get. Well, yeah. Well, at the same time, forget her. I realize she's making hay while the sun shines. I, I want to know about the asshole who's willing to pay twenty bucks for Chewbacca mom's <laughs> autograph. Like, this is a woman who you saw on Facebook who, I mean, it's, <laughs> this is the point, you brought it up, so I'm going to get on it. I'm going to climb on my soapbox for a second. Have we got to the point where, A, we're so cynical and everything is bad news that we're actually delighted by the fact that, like, here's somebody who, look at her. She's getting joy out of this mess. She's genuinely amused by this thing. Are we that cynical and jaded that we're, we're so taken aback by, like, here's somebody genuinely enjoying something? Or are we just that dumb? Life, I don't know which one. Life is pretty dark nowadays in this year. You don't stop and look around once in a while. Oh, hey, hey, you could miss <laughs> I, out. I tried. That was really good. Thanks, I alley-ooped you. I set you up for that. That's, that was, you, you did. That was perfect. Like, it's pretty Ooh, dark. Okay. Don't stop and look around once in a while. Oh, oh, shit. Then, Wrong movie. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Life's pretty you know, bleak this year of 2016, of course. Mm-hmm. So any little bit of joy we, we dig. you know, And I think that mm-hmm. that was such a big... Same with like the damn Daniel and those stupid... You know, It's all stupid to us because there's nothing behind it pure stupidity and just stuff that happens on a normal mm-hmm. day-to-day basis but you know it's weird it's like we we're in like a like a white water rafting and like we just need a little log to hold on to now and then and that's mm-hmm. a funny video or a funny message or something so that mom brought so much joy to people i was like ah you know yeah that justin timberlake song can't stop the feeling that new super, <laughs> it's yeah. a whatever song whatever but it's so joyful it's the new happy it's people need mm-hmm. a happy people need something to jog to ellen needs something to dance to you know it's like <laughs> yeah we, so people are latching on to it yeah, because it's like, it's like here's something positive positive and it doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be smart and you know it's just we just need joy and that's what that mom brought you know uh, i think so i think that's that was i think that was i lean more toward that than the stupidity thing like we were so surprised that someone could be so genuinely amused <laughs> yeah. by this that everyone was just blown away by like she's she she doesn't get the mask is making the noise <laughs> and it's just the simple things you know i it um, is i saw an am a kid coming out of amnesia you know from his wisdom teeth and mm-hmm. uh, it's called like amnesia number two or something like that. That's all it is. Anesthesia? Just, er, is that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was like, wow, what, what did they do to this kid? Yes, sorry. And it's just important. Well, to get the wisdom teeth out, we go in through the brain. <laughs> sorry? 
That's well, actually, we need, we need to go in through the, the eye socket, tunnel through the brain <laughs> yeah. to get down to the wisdom tooth. What about the mouth? Ah, too nah, easy. No, no, no. <laughs> we want you to be an extreme pain. <laughs> I'm a dentist who thinks outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh man, yes. oh, this, we're just loaded with callbacks. That that was perfect. Yeah. Oh man. But, but no, Good yeah, stuff. it's this kid coming out of it, and he just mm-hmm. it speaks in a different accent, something mm-hmm. small like that. And it's so stupid. It is so stupid. But mm-hmm. I remember that's what made me laugh even harder, and made me question my own intellect <laughs> of like, what what am I doing? It's like you know, there was a, the same that. thing. I saw this one, which made me laugh. This internet video of this girl who just had her wisdom teeth out, and. Her brother picks her up and pretends a zombie apocalypse broke out while that's she was under. You've seen that yes, one, right? No, yeah, like yeah, that's they... hilarious because like you're taking somebody who's impaired. Yeah, and but it's it's totally harmless. Like oh, it really course. was. And like she was she's... really smart too. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch that video, she wasn't like old. She was pretty on it too. She's like, take the cat, not the dog. Yeah, if she was screaming she truly, and like yeah. if she completely broke down, nobody would have put that video out. Oh yeah, yeah. But because she was actually trying to figure it out oh, and course. work within her, oh, it's great. You know, kind of fuzzy. Uh, that's and that's why we perspective. That's why we have cat videos. We all love. Yeah. That's it's cute, the things they do. And that's, that's what gets you through the day, you know? And that's, that's it. And that's what I think it is now, too. It's just that people are just so bummed with everything going on that it's just like any little sparkle like that. That's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. That's why those videos kind of blow up because everyone's just like, hey, this is funny to me. Yeah. This is getting me through the day. Here's something know? that brings joy to my day. Just, yeah. the, just the day, but check this out. Mm-hmm. This will make you smile too. Yeah, because we're good at heart. Exactly. Yeah, man, we really we've we've we forget really, about that. We've run the spectrum. Yeah, as far as really covering like just that, we're we're talking a little philosophy. We talk Ooh. box office. We talk creativity. I think we've. I, I feel like we should just call it right now because oh, wow, I, yeah. I really don't think we can we can improve upon everything we've talked <laughs> we've about. Past, yeah, once I, you hit philosophy, we don't only get too deep. I think so. I, well, I think we're just gonna fuck it up if we keep going. Oh, yeah, we're yeah. just gonna fall into Dead like some kind of spiral where we eventually start talking about. Oh yeah, you know, it just ends with me like drinking heavily right here. And <laughs> yeah, just being like, like and then this Larry happened. just breaks down. It's oh, like hey, let me tell you something else about LA. You don't know heartbreak, man. <laughs> don't come here. You don't know it, man. <laughs> Yeah, this has been great. I'm glad we finally got to sit down this and, and talk about this again. This has been always. awesome. Uh, you can follow Larry on well Twitter at Larry Rod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Larry Rod uh, on YouTube. Just uh, Larry Rodriguez Films. Uh, that's just kind of I put a lot of the showcase stuff on there. So if you go there, you yes. can uh, check it out. You know, even if you see one title, just click on that account that it is, and you can get to the other ones. And it's just fun. It's all in good fun. That's what it's all about. It is. It is. They're a lot of fun. And they are really good. Once again, you probably don't appreciate your, appreciate them, rather, for what they are. No. But they are. They're good. They were a lot of fun. There wasn't one I looked at where I thought, like, well. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Wow. Like, oh. he, he, could, he couldn't have just skipped that one? <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't watch the edit back and say, I think this one's not going to make the cut. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to screen DVD, this one. The DVD is going to have an hour of extra footage. So well, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, see? That's <laughs> But see, that's fine. If you accumulate an hour of footage over the course of eight shorts, oh, okay. that's, that's okay. That's, that's a pretty, you know, that's extra seven minutes from every short. I can deal with that. Okay. <laughs> when it's one movie, different story. <laughs> and folks, you can follow the show, of course, at Cape Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, it's also the Tumblr address, capepod.tumblr.com. And uh, while we're talking Cape Pod, use that code. Download the Lyft app, L-Y-F-T, put in K-Pod, free, 50 bucks. Free. It's free. Just do it, everybody. You can follow me on Twitter, Chris Abalo, on Instagram at ChrisSellsOut. And uh, the only podcast that matters, The Guide to Life. Check it out, folks. It's running right now. There's a lot of really, really funny stuff. Having gone through the episodes and listening back to them as I'm putting them together, it's really, really great. See, I'm getting behind it. I'm, I'm the Ryan Reynolds of this project. I'm not going to sell you a false bill of goods because this is really 
really funny stuff. So check that out. And uh, we will be back in two weeks with the new episode of Cape. So until next time, for Larry Rodriguez, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment.